host, Shelby and Matt. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Shelby, I don't know if you realize this. Well, it's probably different for you, but for me, this is the hundredth day that I've been in quarantine. Oh, so yes. I've been in it for like 114 or something. Yeah, probably. You, you missed while. the milestone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Have you been keeping a journal? I mean, not really. But How have you? How do you know that number? Oh, well, just because I um, I feel like a, like a week <laughs> or so ago, I was like, how many days has this been? And then I like, you know, went back and counted right. and I was like in 90 something. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. A hundred days is this Monday, so keep that in mind so you can do a social media post, yeah. you know? Wow. Yeah. Always be posting. Yeah, you're probably what, like 164 or something. <laughs> yeah, I was so ahead of your curve. But I'm proud of you. You know, so many people have given up and you're just you're just freaking proving every day that you don't need anything more for your mental health and happiness than a small single bedroom, shared bathroom, <laughs> no outdoor space. <laughs> yes if people in prison That's can do it i can real. do it you know they do you, it their whole lives so yes you know what you need a statue a statue in honor of matt's hundred day quarantine i think that's you know, what this country needs uh, <laughs> i feel like there's probably other people who we could give a statue to first uh but sure yeah. sounds like you're worried that some bad bad uh, history would come up and people would cancel you after you know, I think that I just feel like there's probably people who have done more for <laughs> the country and for humanity yeah. than me staying in an apartment <laughs> for 100 days. But That's so level headed of you. Who are you? <laughs> I know. I'm, you know, I'm very I'm I'm really coming into my own in quarantine. Yeah. I'm just becoming such a great person. Um, blossoming. I will say this, though. If you would like to make me a like statue of myself out of cheese, a la uh, in a goofy <laughs> movie when they disgusting. make the Leaning Tower of Cheesa, <laughs> I would gladly take it. Oh my gosh, you would eat cheese from a stranger? Like if someone mailed you a cheese statue right now, you would eat it? I, I, I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of different things going into that, like. Is it from like a reputable cheese place and some <laughs> random person just ordered it? Then yes, I'm eating it. If it's, it's like comes like in some, you know, made... like duct taped box yeah. <laughs> or whatever and it's like half melted, then no. That is so classist of you. I mean, how do you know that just because it came from a establishment that it's somehow better than a homemade cheese masterpiece? You need to check your privilege, man. It's like if you get a... If you get like a box of cookies in the mail and they're like Cheryl's <laughs> cookies, you know that they were made at a company place where you have to assume at least that most likely they're not poisoned. If okay. someone just sends you a random like thing of cookies that they made, you don't know what's in there. You could be <laughs> eating like bodily fluids or something. You could be eating their dead husbands. Okay, so don't send you any homemade gifts. Well, you can send me whatever oh. you want. Although, are you a good baker? Uh, would I want cookies if you sent them to me? You don't strike don't me as someone who would I make mean, good it's cookies. It's not like something I'm bad at or great at. It's just like every now and then I'll make cookies and they're good, but it's not like something I brag about, you know. Yeah, Have you I'm trying to ever think. Ever of... made cookies? No. <laughs> no. Fully no. I don't cook, you know. That's like Sexist a thing. Too. <laughs> Hun- 
hundred days into quarantine and I am still living off sandwiches and English muffins. Oh, like wow. I just choose to value my time in other ways. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. Um, Really, uh, people should be valuing their time and their enthusiasm for your 100-day quarantine by leaving us a review because we didn't get one this week, and um, that's on all of you listening. So, I know. Honestly, get your act (laughs) together. But do you have um, any any news? I, I honestly feel like it's been a quiet week as far as, you know, unimportant oh. news goes. Um, so so what do you have on the docket? Oh, I have so many things. And, you oh, know, it, it's always tricky to determine whether or not, like, we should do the good news or some of the <laughs> bad news or whatever. <laughs> there are some um, bad news. I'm curious what you classify oh. <laughs> as. <laughs> yeah. Have you, you been know, following just... the Ansel Elgert saga? Oh, I, yes, sort of. Tangent, yes. I think a little bit. So Ansel Elgort, movie star from uh, <laughs> Baby Driver, Fault in Our Stars, among other yes. things. Yeah, and a DJ. And a DJ, yes, that's <laughs> right, and musician. Um, he was accused over Twitter the, over the weekend of sexually assaulting yes. a 17-year-old back in 2014, which is not good. Yeah. And the the woman who made the accusation had, you know, some screenshots and stuff from her interactions with him mm-hmm. and said that he was sort of grooming her and that he knew that she was underage, but he still pursued her anyways. And it was just a whole terrible thing. So Twitter went about sort of canceling Ansel Elgort. Okay he it. then, a couple days later, released a statement that said that they did have a relationship, but it was, quote, brief, legal, and entirely <laughs> consensual. I love when they have to throw that in there, you know. Right. <laughs> it so, was legal. <laughs> so clearly this was like a bad relationship. But, yeah. but I could not find anything, like, fact-checky-wise as to, like, how old this person how the oldest girl was and sort of like i i don't know who is kind of researching it i feel like the story mm-hmm. has sort of died down a little bit and i'm like what's going on because also supposedly other people were talking about how they'd had bad interactions with him as well over the years so yeah i mean this popped up on my twitter feed and it, it was so unsurprising to me <laughs> but but you You've told the story before that you saw both Ansel Egort, Elgort, and Kevin Spacey in the same room. And your little, you know, pervert uh, radar didn't go off for either of them. And my husband pointed out that it's interesting that you missed both of those who turned out to be losers. But you somehow are insistent that... um, Nathan Fillion is overdue for a reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I... So, I'm just saying this, this you know, it, the you stats know, I, aren't in your favor. I was also realm. not surprised with Ansel <laughs> Elgort either. I feel like there wasn't very many people who were surprised, which is why Twitter was yeah. so fast to be like, okay, yeah, 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 this all checks out. I went, I'm sure I've told this story before, but I went to see a Broadway show (laughs) and I was sitting directly behind Ansel Elgort, his girlfriend and Kevin Spacey. And at the time I was like, what a boon for celebrity stories, like two (laughs) big name celebrities, like going to see this show together. 
And yeah. it, that story has just since devolved <laughs> as more information about the two has come out. Yeah. Uh, the biggest interesting point about this story, I feel like, though, is that Ansel Elgort is set to star in the Steven Spielberg <sighs> West Side Story remake that's supposed to come out around Christmas. Like, it's all shot. It was very expensive. It was shot on location in New York. He is the lead. Like, <laughs> there's, there's no way that they can possibly like go back and edit him out or do reshoots or whatever like the movie is made it costs a lot of money it was very like oscar buzzy they cut out that one dude in that one movie who um what was that that dumb movie about the kidnapping and yeah yeah that was kevin space that they cut out but he was like (laughs) you know sixth bill you know like he was not the main character okay okay yeah maybe they could do like a facial like editing you know like just swap someone else's face on his body (laughs) that's what i was thinking i was like that there that has to be what they're looking into because otherwise (laughs) you can't release a a movie Uh, with like a with like a pedophile uh, assaulter and i mean you can but not like i it's not going to do well or as well as they would hope it would yeah i I appreciate that sentiment. I wish it was more true. I think that this story died down pretty fast. One, because like you said, major news sources aren't like reporting and thus vetting uh, the victim's statement versus his statement. And so it's easier for people to just be like, oh, well, no proof. He said it went this way. So maybe we should just trust him. She's just doing it for clout, you know, so... I'd be surprised if this had any real negative consequence on him. And I think that might just be my own, like, um, just lack of faith in humanity. I don't know. I mean, as a whole. I feel like part of the reason why the story died down is just because there's so much other stuff going yeah. on right now, like yeah. not in entertainment, but just in the world. Yeah. But you have to imagine come December when they're on the press tour for this movie, that this is going to be something that comes up like they're going to have to deal with it in some way. I mean, unless they can so. like concre- concretely prove that this didn't happen, mm-hmm. then... I mean, I mean, really, the big question is, like, how old was this girl at the time? Which is feels like a fact that you should be able to verify. So, right. Yeah. I mean, also, in the same week, we had the Chris Delia uh, story. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I did not even know who this was before this. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's a comedian. He's definitely been around the block. He was in season two of You most recently. And I think he did a show with Whitney Cummings on some sort of, I don't know, whatever channel. So he's been around the block. And um, another Twitter thread came out where like five women accused him of yeah, sort of, uh, you know, they were underage, they, like, were fans, and he would use his power and influence to kind of get them into uncomfortable situations, ranging from uh, sending nudes to actually assaulting them, and just, like, a messy, dirty, uh, run-of-the-mill, unfortunately, comedian. And these stories were all verified by... um I'm trying to remember which news source covered it originally, but so it ended up being a much bigger story. And of course, more people came out and it just showed this pattern of sort of 
abuse and um, misogyny that was sort of a well-known secret, I guess, in the same vein as Louis C.K. and um, and what's his horrible face? <laughs> um, Kevin Spacey. No, <laughs> the uh, uh, major Harvey movie. Weinstein. Pre- yeah, Weinstein. Yeah, and. Um, and so then there were all these like podcast clips or different tweets from Eden oh my Chris gosh himself, yes where he just came off as a creep and where everyone seemed to know that he was a creep who preyed on young girls and so I think that story maybe also took a lot of wind out of yet another yes <laughs> another They're competing accusation. competing assaulters the, <laughs> yeah. the funniest thing i saw of circling around that story was there's this clip of him on a podcast and i don't i don't know what the podcast was i only saw this like this brief clip but you know or it's a radio show or something and people are mm-hmm. talking about some news story that has to do with like snapchat and like sending nudes to people mm-hmm. and you see him be like well but wait you can't like snapchat deletes itself and the <laughs> other host is like oh well but like you could screen record or snapchat <laughs> like like no you can definitely record it and you can just see him sitting there sort of like quiet like looking very terrified for several seconds like uh but but wait and you just know that running through his mind he's like shoot <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's just like I th- I feel bad for like laughing, making light of this because obviously it's horrible. Oh yeah, and I'm for sure. very like disappointed and like sad that this continues to happen. But it is just like it's just a frustrating recurrence of just like the most this the tale as old as time, and it's so annoying that we have this pattern where a man is accused, people are like, no, that can't be true. Then the facts come out, and then women comedians or women in the industry are like oh, yeah, I disavow myself from him. I don't stand for this at all. Whereas male comedians who were making the same jokes or standing on the same stage with him are silent. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just a frustrating story to report because it's just like nothing changes. And <laughs> I don't know why I'm so pessimistic today, but that is just the angle you're getting from me. <laughs> well, better news on <laughs> on the fun, best side of life. It has been announced that Mamma Mia is getting a third movie. It's going to be an official trilogy. I cannot wait for Mamma Mia 3. And the most exciting thing about Mamma Mia 3 is that we're going to have to go even deeper into the ABBA catalog because we are really running out of songs that they can put in these movies that anyone knows. So this is definitely going to be like a track 16 on the (laughs) album kind of a movie, but I am still so excited. Are you like a big ABBA stan? Like I'm big... not an ABBA stan. Okay. But, and I and I liked Mamma Mia fine, but then they were like leaning so hard into just the outrageousness in Mamma mm-hmm. Mia 2. And I feel like them understanding that that's where they need to go, that Mamma Mia 3 is just going to be more insane and and like less of is there a story or does it make any sense or is it realistic at all and that's what i'm living for see that is what's so funny to me is because my uh sister-in-law loves mama mia and she owns it and so i watched it like pretty recently like last month or something in my quarantine the first one or the second no the second one i'd seen the first one hated it but kind of understood like i was like this is very poorly cast but like fun music then mama mia 2 i was just like 
this was a bad movie to begin with. So what are they doing here? And it was so much more boring than I thought it would be. Like, it's all about a dead mom and like a sad story. And it's like all the slow songs. And it's just like, there's like three peppy numbers. And they're all just like, no, I was not there for it. And I did the first like, one I felt like had so many more slow songs than the second <laughs> that one. That is just categorically false. All the big numbers from ABBA are fun, upbeat songs, and all the big numbers from ABBA were in Mamma Mia. And like, I saw the stage production. Like, the Mamma like, Mia. Waterloo original. was in the second one. Okay, they redid one. a couple of the songs. No, they redid they one other song. They did Super Trooper again at the end. <laughs> Everybody's like but, in their. Jazz but that was just like a that was just like a share comes down the stairs and sings Fernando, which, which is not they, an upbeat song. They orchestrate that whole plot line <laughs> just so they can sing that song. Oh my gosh, no, that movie is. I a don't know. I just don't get it. And will it, what will this be? Will it be like the old Who version knows? looking back at their lives? Like I just, yeah. I don't, I don't think it works anymore. It's just, uh, now. Not into okay, it. Shelby. <laughs> Look, Shelby, clearly you're in some kind of depressive state today. We cannot have you crabbing all over the goodness that will be Mamma Mia 3. Uh, okay, well, here's a here's a good story, too, that I think you'll appreciate their gumption and their get-go. But um, two guys managed to game the system, make cinema snobs everywhere mad, um, when they realized they could easily have the number one movie in America since there are no movies currently airing yes. in America. And so this, um, you know, young new filmmaker, Christian Nielsen, who I think most recently was at BuzzFeed, um, he and his friend Eric Tabak or Tabach, I don't know. <laughs> who knows? Who cares? I don't know. I read names. I don't, I don't, I don't listen to them. So anyways, they decided that they they would make a film, buy out a movie theater, sell the tickets to themselves, and thus have the number one box office of of the month, of the week, of the <laughs> basically year, honestly. So they wrote this 30-minute short, recorded it over Zoom. They had a few, like, you know, YouTube stars in it. And I guess one of the cast members was from, like, Ozark so like a low build character um so there were people in this movie they sell it to an empty theater no one goes and watches it but they still can say they had a $20,000 gross week because they just you know they're giving the money to themselves and got the tickets and um and now all these news sites had to report them as the the biggest film of the week so love that love that for them (laughs) so great oh my gosh that that reminds me also this is like political but i'm counting it as pop culture (laughs) because it relates to tiktok but um so donald trump was having this big (laughs) rally in tulsa oklahoma nebraska where's tulsa texas oklahoma oklahoma Um, i'm gonna feel, feel dumb if we're both wrong and i corrected you (laughs) <laughs> well, do you want to look it up? It's Oklahoma. Wait, Oklahoma. I was right. Okay. I knew it all along. Tulsa. Yeah. No so smart. So he's launching his campaign again with a giant rally in Tulsa in, you know, some kind of 
gigantic stadium. Mm-hmm. And pre the actual event, they released these statements that are like, oh my gosh, we have a million people who are uh, booking these free tickets ahead of time. Like we're going to have to do, like it's going to be so full, the arena, and then we're going to have to do another event outside just because there's so many people. Like this is crazy. <laughs> well, come to the actual day. The arena itself is like not even close to being full. That's maybe like, I don't know, a quarter filled at that. They have to sort of like herd everybody into one end so they can get these shots that look like it's full when really it's <laughs> it's not. And um and everyone's like, Well, wait, what like where were all of these people who were supposedly registering for tickets? Well, turns out that TikTokers um <laughs> figured out like, hey, if we register for these tickets and then don't go the trump group will think that there's going to be lots of people there and make this announcement and then it will turn out that there's no one there so all of these people on tiktok who include like all of these k-pop stan accounts were sort of like messaging each other and making tiktoks that are like hey everybody go buy these tickets or you don't even have to buy them like just register for these tickets So people were doing it, but then the TikTokers, again, very astutely were like, hey, if this goes viral and catches on, then Donald Trump's people will know and they'll figure out some way to cancel this out. So then all of those people were like deleting their videos after a certain amount of time. So like the Stan account people were seeing it, but it didn't go viral enough in order to get into like the mainstream TikTok accounts. Um, And that these people registered for like hundreds of thousands of tickets and then none of them went like they weren't (laughs) even people who were in the area. Which just goes to show you the power of TikTok. Yeah, so. TikTok teens will save us, honestly. It was an inspiring story of the week, for sure. Just the just the power of <laughs> Gen Z, I guess. Are you going to get back on TikTok now, Shelby? Uh, no. You know, I opened the app to see like what was going on, and I had been signed out, and I just didn't bother signing back in. So, uh. Uh, I know. Are you still doing it? Are you still on, or...? I I go on and watch, but I I haven't made any. I, my competitive drive is gone now that you're yeah, not there. Honestly, I'm sorry. <laughs> so so unfortunate. I really I pushed know. you to be your best, and then I abandoned. Truly, you your, well, your I, it's like moment. a you have the perfect combination of like um, <laughs> beauty one. Brains. Creativity, um, uh, you know, uh, I I plead the fifth on those accounts, (laughs) but of of on one hand, like I sort of want to impress you, but then on the other hand, I'm also sort of terrified (laughs) of you. So it's really like a potent concoction of getting me to do things. Wow, I'm so touched by that. Honestly, that's the most flattering thing anyone's ever said to me. Do you have any more stories or should we get to love it or hate it? No, let's get into love it or hate it. I'll go first. I read a book this okay. week. So Ooh. applause for me. I'm up to 66 this year. But... Oh my gosh. Get up, <laughs> uh, Shelby. Um, no, I, I felt so good. I think I've read 11. Yeah. <laughs> have but you anyways, slowed down? I did. I slowed down. I mean, I for like a month after our book, I think I was just like so, you know, like, overwhelmed by my sheer (laughs) force and getting to my goal for the year that I was just like burnt out 
And so I stopped for a while, but then I restarted a couple of weeks ago. So catching back. You up. know, you can change your goal. You could bump it up I to a hundred or something. <laughs> because I, I have I have shrunk my goal several times in past years. Like thirty. Yeah. Man, 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 let's go to twelve. I can hit that. Yeah, I'll have to see how I'm feeling. But um I got a new book this week called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Um, who is a black author. This has been on the bestseller list since it came out. And I bought it for the blackout bestseller list, which I guess, you know, she probably still would have been on the bestseller list. So I probably should have just bought another book that wouldn't have. But anyways, I got it and I read it and it was really good. It's about two twins who are black, but they are you know, very light. And one of them decides to live her life as a white woman, like secretly, like she just abandons them all and goes to live as a white woman to see if it's easier and to just have that life. And so it basically follows the two sisters as their lives diverge. And it takes place from like the 50s to the 90s. And so it's just a very interesting look at, at race in America. And also like, you know, black culture and just all these different experiences that these these very different lives and these very different experiences the sisters have and it's so well written it's very engaging and like a very easy story to like get wrapped up in and I it was just such a good read so I can't recommend it enough did you read uh the mothers which I think was their first book no that's on my uh to read list did you read it I didn't, but I know people in my office read it and said mm-hmm. that it they really liked it when it had come out. Um, yeah. How long is, what's this new book? The Vanishing Half? Is that mm-hmm. what you said? Yeah. How long is it? It's 350 pages, um, but it's okay. like a fast read. And it, it's, I, it moves at a fast pace. My book club is meeting tomorrow night, so maybe I'll try to sucker oh, them yes. into doing it because that <laughs> feels like it would be a good vibe for them. Yeah, no, um, it's very interesting and... And it's not like, not that books can't be heavy handed and that certain topics don't deserve heavy handedness, but this is, it's kind of like after reading books, like, you know, (laughs) from the beginning and how to be an anti-racist, this was like Mm -hmm. a very accessible discussion on, on Mm -hmm. race and sort of racism. So a good way to get people who maybe wouldn't be as interested in reading, you know, a a nonfiction anti-racism book. Um, to think and talk about race and and its reach in America. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that's the that's the importance of fiction in general. It's like it's sneaky. Yeah, it's like exactly. Thinking about things you didn't even know you were trying to think about. Yeah. Um, I this week watched a horror film that my old roommate suggested that I watch oh, called yes. Green Room. That's on yes. Netflix. Have you seen this? No, but in my obsession with knowing about horror films, I know about this one. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. This was such a delightful treat. It came out in 2015 um, and stars Anton Yelchin, who has since passed away. And it's one of those movies that you can tell was made before a bunch of the people in the cast sort of, like, made it in different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. Imogen Poots is in it. She was in the, uh, oh, shoot, what was it? That sorority horror movie that i saw this christmas that was black, black christmas. christmas yes she was she was the lead Does in that, that. Count as making it 
I mean, you know, she moved. I think she's been in other things too. But um, Aaliyah Shawcat was uh, in it, who is in a Search Party and also like dated slash didn't date Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> Callum Turner is in it, and he was one of the. He's the brother in the new Harry Potter prequel mm-hmm. movie series. Anyways, Patrick Stewart's in it. But the the gist of the movie is that this sort of heavy metal rock band that all of those people are in kind of accidentally ends up playing a set at this neo-Nazi bar club, like way out in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Like they don't really realize that there are Nazis until they get there. And then they're like, Oh, we have to perform the show. And after they perform their set, they go back to their green room, thus the title and find that the band that's going to be playing next has murdered someone in the green room and that the sort of Nazi owners of the bar are trying to figure out how they should deal with this. And obviously everybody who's there at the club, they think is going to be fine with it, but they're worried that this band that they don't really know is going to report them to the police. And so the Nazis start trying to, eliminate the members of this non-nazi band and so it's uh you know it's a horror movie where it's this group and they're sort of being picked off but trying to fight back against the nazis it is very very good and it's really short it's like only 90 minutes and the horror is really good there's a lot of good scares it's just like a really well thought out movie and plotted Mm -hmm. movie so if you're into horror highly recommend also it's on netflix so easy to find I heard good things. I also feel like I decided to avoid it because I I also think it was very violent. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. There there is a big part of the plot is that the Nazis have these dogs that eat humans Aww. and so there's a lot of like dog gnawing Aww. people that's going on. So another Sad. reason, guys, not to get dogs like (laughs) that we just keep coming back to that on this podcast having a dog is a mistake in so many different ways and this is one of them i don't know if that's ever been a lesson on this podcast i don't think that's a theme that carries through when when you wake up in the some in the middle of the night some night to find that lupe has you know like eaten off your hand then you'll come back she would never you don't dogs are not people you don't know if when they're gonna flip a switch tigers or monkeys either they've been domesticated over mm, centuries i don't <laughs> tbd we'll you, you haven't yeah. seen her hungry hope yeah. you, hope you always remember to feed her okay i'll keep you posted <laughs> but yeah probably not for you it is gory and there's and it's scary so <laughs> i'll just stick to the wikipedia summary that's yeah. my safe space Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we are going to be back on Thursday to talk about the new Hulu show, Love, Victor, that came out and that we binged over the weekend. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about that. There's yes. a lot to, lot to crack into there, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It'll be fun. Um, but until then, you can follow us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong on Instagram and Twitter. Leave us a review. Send us an email. And we'll be back on Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye.